Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Beginning before Finn was even born, I started reading up on babies. I have a lot of experience with babies. I babysat for many, many families as a teenager, and my own brother is 10 years younger than me, so I got to be mini-mom when I was younger. But it's also been a little over 25 years since I last lived with an infant, and I knew from watching my friends that a lot of the best practices with babies have changed. For example, with my brother, we had crib bumpers and blankets in the crib, and we put him down on his belly to sleep. Now, infants sleep in bare cribs with swaddles or sleep sacks and are always on their backs to sleep. For a while, the wisdom was to wait for several years before introducing allergens like peanuts or shellfish. Now, you're supposed to introduce them as soon as possible in order to avoid food allergies. And finally, 25 years ago, you fed babies jarred baby food, like pureed peas or chicken, with absolutely no seasoning. Well, Finn recently started solids. And it sounds terrifying, but the new way to introduce food to your kiddos and hopefully reduce both choking and picky eating is to give your kid huge pieces of food to gnaw on. They learn how to get the food to their mouth, what it might feel like when it gets there, how to break off pieces and move it around their mouths, how to gag and spit the food out when it's too much, and how to eventually swallow solid food. And while mom and dad have to watch the baby like a hawk, they actually get to enjoy eating as a family rather than spoon-feeding the baby while their meal gets cold. Finn loves it. He has tried everything from mangoes and plantains to broccoli and chicken. He is great at grabbing big chunks of tomato or getting filled spoons of Greek yogurt into his mouth. His favorite foods appear to be zucchini and shrimp. But let me tell you who really loves Finn eating solid food. Lily. (laughs) That dog patiently sits next to Finn at the table. She watches him attempt to suck on a cucumber or splash around in some hummus. And the second something falls on the floor, she springs into action. She quickly and expertly cleans that floor. And at the end of the meal, she gets all the scraps Finn has left on his tray or in his high chair. Today's gospel is a difficult one. A Canaanite woman is chasing down Jesus and asking for her daughter, who is possessed by a demon, to be healed. Now the Canaanites are not Jews. They are not the chosen people of God. And the Jews do not think highly of the Canaanites. Dog would have been a common slur a Jew of this time period would use to refer to a Canaanite. She is a foreigner, an outsider, a heathen. And yet, she refers to Jesus with messianic language. 
Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. She is desperate. She has heard of Jesus. And she has faith. Now I've heard this passage preached as showing Jesus as a racist. Because Jesus refuses to heal the woman's daughter. And then Jesus learns a valuable lesson from the Canaanite woman. But that would make Jesus a sinner. Imperfect. That would have serious repercussions to our atonement theology. And frankly, I just don't think that's what's going on here. The disciples, all Jews, are annoyed with this non-Jew asking for a miracle. God is their people's God. He's not for everyone. They are objecting to her pestering them, telling Jesus to send her away. But Jesus is not one to give a lecture. He's more of a show-and-tell kind of guy. And he's always one for a good story. So Jesus, whether knowingly or with a hunch that she was smarter than the average bear, gives the response the disciples would have him give. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She is not offended by this answer. Honestly, she probably expected it. And by the sharpness of her wit and or the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, she has an incredible retort. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This woman, this outsider, this foreigner, has faith that God's grace is overflowing. She would know about the Jews' God, that he had claimed the Israelites as his own people. But something inside her told her that this God was big enough Powerful enough, merciful enough to cover more than just his own people. And indeed, he is. Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Ever since I was ordained, the most common question I get is from folks, and it comes from the same place. It's always asked with worry for a loved one. My son or granddaughter or husband or mother does not believe. What will happen to them? How can I convert them? How can I keep them from going to hell for all eternity? And I understand this concern. In our day and age, many Christian denominations seem to have set that bar very high for what it takes to be saved. For some, it is being a believer or being baptized. For others, it is following a very narrow moral path. But like table scraps for my son's high chair, God's grace is plentiful. God is not limited by our fallibility, our lack of wisdom, our fear, our prejudices, our sin. He is not limited by our desire for retribution, our ideas of justice, our need to be right. God has not already sorted the elect from the damned, the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff. And that is certainly good news for us. Because, honey, 
We are not the disciples in this story. We are not the ritually clean, or the Pharisees, or even the Jews. We are the Gentiles. We are the Canaanite woman. We are the dogs hoping for scraps from our master's table. My family has a joke about our dogs, that they are the world's greatest optimists. They are always expecting yummy things to drop to the floor before, during, and after the meal. And that should be our expectation with God's grace. His grace is not a zero-sum game. Some are not damned so that others can be saved. His grace is plentiful and extended to all. As we sang this morning, there is a wideness in God's mercy. So, sit by the table. Give your cutest puppy dog eyes and wait with expectation for the overflowing grace of God. Amen.